welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com. Episode 153, we watched The Sea Devils. We're going to talk all about that today. My name is John, and joining me as he does every time we talk about walking turtle bearded dragon monsters is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going uh it's going pretty well actually. Excellent. I mean, you know, it's been going pretty well for a little while, but uh I've been very busy. I know. Very very uh, busy. I've been much the same way between work and yeah. life and wrenching on the bus. Oh yeah. How is wrenching on the bus going? Um I I forgot how much I love it. <laughs> Even though it makes me feel really, really sore, I still love it. Um, it's it's definitely one of those things where I start getting into one thing and I find something a little bit deeper that needs fixing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am happy to say that I'm at a point, at least insofar as just getting the engine tuned up. Because who boy, hashtag who oh boy, um, it, it needed some help. Um, I, if the weather cooperates a little bit this weekend, I've got a lot of free time this weekend. I might have it started and running again by the end of the week. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Then there'll be a whole other laundry list to address, but at least the engine will be tuned and ready to go. Well, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Anything else you up to? Um, oh, well, Seven, I just dropped uh, episode, what, 17 of yeah. Memory Serves. We talked about uh, memories of uh, going on student ambassador trips uh, that we both did with a group called People to People. That is very cool. Didn't you guys, now I could be uh, misremembering this. Did you hmm. guys house a foreign exchange student? Uh, no. Okay. Must no, have been not. somebody else. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, yeah, check that out, please. Uh, share it with friends. Confuse your enemies with it. Confuse your enemies. <laughs> Why not, right? You Don't should always... expect it. No, yeah, you should always confuse your enemies. Uh, that is definitely true. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Sea Devils here. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me just... Uh, my weekend, uh, ever since last Thursday, uh, it has been a whirlwind. Today has been the... The first day that I have had to, um, well, watch the Sea Devils, honestly. Yeah, you did have quite the busy weekend, didn't you? I forgot about that. Yeah, I uh, was covering WonderCon for that hashtag show.com, um, kind of outside the element of what I cover for them. I'm usually doing professional wrestling, but um, I they were kind enough to give me a press badge, and they said, if we give you this press badge, you have to cover stuff. And I said, that's fine. I can do that. Um, <laughs> I got to see 17 minutes of the dark Phoenix, uh, oh, okay. which, uh, it was two separate scenes. It looks pretty interesting. Um, I would definitely off the second scene they showed. I would definitely go see that in theaters. Um, so I saw that I saw, um, the new AMC supernatural thriller, uh, Nosferatu. Oh yeah. I've heard bits and pieces of that one yeah the guy who wrote lock and key this is one of his novels and um that has a lot of promise and i will definitely 
uh, be adding that to my rotation when it comes out, I think, June 2nd. Good yes, deal. that sounds about right. Uh, and then the big thing I covered was um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where I... Oh, and how did I not send this to you, Taylor? I'll send... I'll, hmm. I'll send you a little link to it. I'll tell you what. Okay. Um, so I saw the very first episode of season six, um, which is bonkers. I mean, it is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it is insane at all times. Um, <laughs> sat through the Q&A, and then immediately after the Q&A, I got to go to a little press room next to the arena, um, and I sat at a press table with um, six other, no, five other press and uh, two by two, the agents of Shield and their executive producers came in, and we got to ask them questions. Wow! Yeah, Clark Gregg was two seats away from me. That's pretty impressive. It was, uh, yeah, man, it was crazy. Um, I only actually asked one question. I will say, if somehow the people who were in that roundtable hear this, they were the nicest. They were so nice. Uh, it was very cool. It was great to have them as my first roundtable to make literally make me more comfortable into going to more. Um, so yeah, it was it was nuts. It was a lot of fun. Neat. Yeah, very neat. And then uh, it didn't stop there because Tuesday, yesterday, and Monday, uh, my sister and my brother in law, my niece and my nephew, were in town for my niece's fifth birthday. Wow, already five? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, right. Five years oh, old. Man. Uh so I was in the park both days. I have I gotta check how many steps I've walked over the past uh basically week, but it's uh my legs were a hurting. I bet. This has been my first day where I've just vegged out and done absolutely nothing, which has been great. And yeah. Oh, I also, I mean, if there is any wrestling crossover, I recorded a podcast last Thursday um, on the Geek Say What Network for the Geek Offensive. Um, I'll, put okay. a, I'll put a link in it to the show notes. We talked about wrestling. Uh, it was a lot of fun, um, and I'm getting really good feedback on it, which makes me feel even better. So Excellent. All right. So that's, I think that's everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, let's get to some Who news before we talk about these Teenage Mutant bearded frog dragons. <laughs> There's uh, an alternate turtle, title for Turtle you. dragons. That's awesome. Um, well, not a ton of Who news at the moment without really having to yeah. dig. But I did see this title, this, this one pop up. Uh, the, the headline being Doctor Who boss teases classic monsters returning and a new storyline for Yaz in 2020 series. Oh, thank you, Radio Times. Um, well, apparently now I'm going to completely preface this by saying you get to the bottom of this article and it says that this article was originally posted back in December of last year. They've Ew. just decided to repost to their own. Come article. on. Yeah. So this is technically old news because this stuff comes from a uh, special screening of the New Year's Day special. Mm -hmm. um, and it basically is just that, um, you know, uh, Chibnall teases that, you know, um, whether or not Yaz would ever return to her position on the police force. You know, some of these questions can be answered in the forthcoming season. And um <clears throat> Uh, the, uh, you know, the idea that 
we've now gone through a season with no classic monsters. And mm-hmm. he says, well, maybe we'll do some classic monsters then. Um, and uh, saying that in response to a, a young fan who brought up their absence. And he says, I'll have a think. I'll so, have a think. I'll have a think. Very, oh, very, very, very much a Britishism. Um, so, yeah, there's the British news taking, you know, a sentence and a half and making an article out of it. Hey. It's it. Let me tell you, it's a I'm living. In, I'm in that business, kind of. Yeah, fair. And it is. Uh, sometimes you got to speculate more than you probably should, but yeah, it does happen. I'm sure in four years this soundbite will come back to bite me. <laughs> uh, they'll have to find it first. You're on a lot of podcasts. That's true. <laughs> Confuse oh, your enemies. Well, yeah. Good. Hello, memers. Hi, memers. I love how Memers is sent in having not eaten anything all evening and no one comes in to feed him and I'm recording. Mm -hmm. Um, So big finish has uh, been planning to kind of change their pricing with the debut of their new website, which debuted this past Monday, oddly enough, April 1st, right? That's funny. That's not the right day to debut stuff. No, it is not. Um, not at all. Now they're, they're kind of planning to change this because, you know, when they first started doing pricing, everybody bought CDs, right? You know, now people primarily buy downloads. And so the, the discrepancy between, um, you know, either just doing, here's the price, regardless of whether you pay for it in dollars or lira or pounds or shekels or whatever. Right. Um, as opposed to here, we're going to base it off the current exchange rate at the time that you buy something. Um, you know, it makes a big difference. And and don't get me wrong; it was nice being able to be like, "Oh, this is this is only five bucks, not five pounds." Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm happy to support Big Finish. Um, you know, they they do some amazing stuff, and if it means like, hey, we're paying the exchange rate now, I'm okay with that. Um, so this, there was this whole kind of like, oh my gosh, it's coming. It's going to be happening at the beginning of April. Well, check it out in the show notes. Um, they are deferring this change for a couple of months, um, because they had proposed moving downloading charging, uh, for those outside the UK to a rate based on the exchange rate for Sterling, uh, from Monday, April 1st. However, having received feedback from supporters of Big Finish outside the UK, we feel a further review is required and it's been decided not to make any movement away from one-to-one pricing for a further two months. All right. So... Don't panic, everyone. If you want to buy up some more big finish, you got a couple more months to get in at that whole one-to-one pricing. Um, I've got to make my purchase for April. I'm not really sure what to pick up. I'm... Did you get the War Master? I got the first War Master. I need to see if the second War Master is out. I think it is. Rage, of the, Rage of the Time Lords? Is that the second one? Maybe. I'd have to look. Oh, that's the I'm third not... one. It's the third one. Um, Let me tell you guys, uh, go check out this website. It's clean. It looks real nice. Oh, it is. It's very nice. Their redesign is very, very professionally done. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I will also highly recommend the uh, the the Missy. Yes. Box set. I will listen to that in March, and it is so good. I think you know so what? Good. I think Lauren bought it. She did. I was there when I was there when she bought it. And there you go. We'll we'll figure. I'm I'm sure at some point this year we are going to cover a big finish. 
Oh, at least. I think least we one. actually told Mike that he would uh, be on that episode. I don't know if yes, you were there. We did. When I, okay, you were there when we said that. Yes, we did. That does, that does ring a bell. That sounds about that right. That does well, ring a bell. Well, one last piece of news. Uh, it's more of note. We don't really have a link to anything, although I did see it on the Doctor Who Appreciation Society's Instagram this morning. Um, there is an animated film coming out here in the States um, fairly soon. Yes. Called Wonder Park. Um, and it didn't really strike me looking at the commercials as, as anything amazing. It's here's a kid and a bunch of talking animals that start a theme park. Sure. Uh, yes, basically. Yeah. Well, there's one big, large bear in it named Boomer. And, um, I found out this morning, much to my delight that Tom Baker of all people is voicing this character. That's amazing. I think that's awesome. That is so fantastic. I'm going to look up this character. I just want to see. Yeah. I was really impressed because I watching the, I mean, it's Tom Baker's voice. How do you not recognize Tom Baker's voice? But I did not recognize Tom Baker's voice. He's a big old blue bear. It looks like he is. This is great. (laughs) This is amazing. Yeah. Good for him. I know. Somebody was a huge Who fan. I hope so. Also, we got to get that audio of scratch man. Also, um, I'm also just realizing um, what was I supposed to? Man, it's been so busy. <laughs> Macro terror. Yes. Ugh. Anyway, I know. Gotta start a start a to do list. I know. I I need that. I, I actually I want I want the proper book. I mean, yes, I want to hear Tom Baker read it, but yeah, I I, I, I just want a copy. Yeah. Of Scratchman. So yes, one more thing to add to the list. Oh, somewhere course. under like a hundred bus parts. <laughs> well, after I watch twenty plus wrestling shows this week. In the next, ah, ah. in the next five to six days, I will be ready to maybe never watch wrestling again. That's not true. Wow, that's not true. That's impossible. Anyway, let's talk about uh, something that looks like it would come out of Kaiju Big Battle, which is a sort of a wrestling thing. This yes, week, I saw that. <laughs> we watched the Sea Devils, starring John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, Roger Delgado as the Master. Edwin Richfield as Captain Hart, Clive Morton as uh, Trenchard, Trenchard, mm-hmm. Trenchard. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Malcolm Hulk and directed by Michael Bryant. It first aired February 26th to April 1st. Hey, look at that, 1972, and it is the third story of season nine, and we have, what is this anniversary we're on right now? 50, oh boy, is that right? Uh, no, not quite. 40... 40 47. Yes, yeah, thank for, you. The for, It's like the 47th anniversary of this episode. Woo. Pretty much. Well... Yeah, nice, nice, nice chunky six-parter. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I mean, well, we'll get to it. But before we get to any of that, we've got some story <laughs> notes. That's right. Brought to you by the fine folks at TARDIS Wikia, who don't sponsor this segment at all. No, they do not. Um... But they are cool. Check them yes, out. they are. Uh, this story had the working title of "The Sea Silurians." Ooh, well, I'm glad they which changed does not it. roll off the tongue at all. No, I mean, I guess story-wise makes sense, but uh, maybe Silurians of the Sea. I don't know. Oh, there you go. That's a little better. So it's, it's a little Charlie Tuna. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So this is also one of two television stories where the third doctor utters the full, utterly epically famous line, I reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. Happens in episode six. The other 
isn't until you get to the five doctors. So this is the original. Wow. This is it. This is it. Nice. Yes. Yes. Um, now in the first episode, I'm pretty sure it's the first episode. There is a scene involving the master watching the clangers. Ah, okay. Those, those little puppety looking, yes. uh, stop motion mouse like people mm-hmm. on television. Uh, it was a last minute addition actually added because episode one was running 90 seconds short. That's amazing. And I actually did ask a question. I said, is this a real thing or did they animate it? Because I was going to be like, this looks better than most of the stuff they do. Yeah, no, I saw that question down there earlier today when you were when you were watching and I, I almost chimed in, but I'm like, nah, I'll let him know, which was funny because, you know, having kids th- for a while, you know, they were kind of watching that, um, you know, that sprout right. age uh, uh, network, which, of course, has changed its name since then. But whatever. Anyway, um, Sprout for a while was showing the clangers huh. and the clangers um, at least being shown on American TV over here was narrated by William Shatner. Oh, wow. I don't think it was in the UK, but I don't have that for certain. Hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've seen some clangers and then I happened to see them on Dr. Who and I'm like, wait, what, what is going on? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, now this next one, there's a bit of myth and a bit of uncertainty to it. Um, now it's, thought that Roger Delgado was afraid of the water as he couldn't swim. And it took great courage for him to film the scene in which the master and the doctor are rescued from the sea by the Royal Navy. Now this was frequently recalled by John Pertwee in later interviews, but according to Delgado's widow, whose name is Kismet. Nice. It's an awesome name. Uh, This is untrue. Delgado was actually worried about getting his costume wet because there wasn't a spare available. I mean, Hey, that makes sense. So, I mean, I just tell them you're afraid of water and see if they'll get you out of there. Yep. Uh, and lastly, in terms of story notes, the master knocks out a prison guard who enters his cell in episode two in probably one of the best reactions to getting like karate chopped on the back <laughs> ever. He is. The guard then subsequently disappears, never to be seen again, possibly making it the best Duggan smash ever. Oh, because he, he smashed him into oblivion. Just completely out of reality. I mean, I am I'm fine with that, but I feel like <laughs> if it was the best Duggan smash ever, then we would need to rename the scale, right? Oh, yeah, but yeah. then we'd have to do a whole bunch of other rebranding with the Duggan smash. Okay, no, so man, we, just we under. It's that. the high, let's just say it's the highest uh, that we've probably rated on the Duggan scale here. There you go. There we go. Works for me. Perfect. So, Taylor, uh, we're, we're almost there, but you have a uh, world-famous synopsis for us, so take it away. I do. I do indeed. But first, a public service announcement. Do not watch this story while wearing headphones. It will hurt your ears. Oh, but we will talk about the music later. Now, while investigating a series of mysterious sinkings, the Doctor discovers that the Master is planning to align himself with a long-dormant race of sea people. Why they developed legs underwater, I don't know. Simply... <laughs> to hurt the humans that the Doctor loves so much. Can the Doctor defeat the Master and the bureaucracy of the Royal Navy? All while the soundtrack is provided by a broken speak and spell. Oh, boy. Okay, so um, we're talking about this music first. Oh, I think we have to address it first because it is so pervasive and so... It's it's bad. I don't... It's very it's bad. It's horrible. It's not good. Um, I <laughs> I told Mike this earlier. I think it's the worst music I've ever heard in a Doctor Who serial. 
Yeah. Um, it's very harsh and sharp, and it seems like it doesn't fit in most places. Nope. Uh, I mean, there was a point when Joe was sneaking around the base, and that was actually quite good, but I also think it's because everything was so much worse than it. That's all the notes. I think I know. So bad. Yeah, I think I know which part you're talking about. Um, and, and yes, that part actually did seem to fit, but I think exactly for the reasons you said, because this this music feels like like if Daft Punk decided to phone in an album but it wasn't actually Daft Punk. It was actually like a couple of three-year-olds with like a Fisher <laughs> Price Moog. Yeah, um, pretending to be Daft Punk. Now I'm phoning lo- it in. I'm looking down here um, at the crew. Yes. Now would this be the incid? This is the incidental music. It would be incidental music. And that's it correct. Was Malcolm Clark? Um, he did. Here's everything he has credited for him. He has. The Sea Devils, Earthshock, uh, Enlightenment, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Enlightenment, Resurrection of the Daleks, The Twin Dilemma, Attack of the Cyberman, or Cybermen, holy, holy hell, uh, Terror of the Voids, and Curse of the Fatal Death. Oh, wow, really? Curse of the Fatal Death? Yeah, these are all his credits. Holy moly. Now, I, we have reviewed a fair number of those. <laughs> Off the top of my head, although it would be fun to review the Curse of the Fatal Death sometime. Um, here is this is from Tardis Wikia. Okay. Uh, he has the unique distinction distinction of being both the first and last composer from the BBC Radiophonic Workshop to be used by the program. Ooh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that oh. you know what that makes it all worth it. That does. Oh. That does. I, I mean, I'd have to go back and listen. I don't remember hating the music from like Earthshock yeah. or Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, like maybe his style just changed. Maybe it's like, hey, I know you haven't done anything since the Sea Devils, but here, look at all these other things we've got. We Ugh. don't just have like this one keyboard and like a, an oscilloscope. Yeah. Yikes. So. Yeah, but the music, folks, I will warn you, if you have not watched this episode before or not in a long time, yeah, um, just prepare yourself. It's very bad. And it also kind of seems like they um, they may have they turn it's louder than ever, like way yes. louder than everything else. Yes. It's just very unbearable. It's like the Murray Gold school of score volumes. Yes. I will say, besides the music, uh, this is a pretty solid story. I really liked it. Yes. On the whole, I will actually go so far as to say that despite feeling like some of the whole Royal Navy back and forth bureaucracy bits are a little slow and could use some trimming. Yes. I, I feel like the story, you know, what happens in it, where motivations are going, the action in it, this is... This is some great Pertwee because, you know, Pertwee's doctor was like a response to like the Bond phenomenon. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we need action. We need chases. You know, we need drama. So we've got sword fighting. We've got karate chops. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the threat of nuclear annihilation and we have a flipping jet ski chase. Yes. Um, I mean, if I'd known that before oh, dude. A, a long time ago we would have reviewed this for sure right absolutely 
Um, so yeah, really when you put it all together, um, and I watched this three episodes and three episodes, so I watched it over two nights. Right. Um, I would almost say as much as you can manage it, try to watch it all in one go. Cause it almost does feel a little bit more like a movie. Yeah. It, um, it flew by pretty quickly for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I just watched it today cause it's the only time I had, um, <laughs> And uh, like you said, uh, I think I forget um, about the some things about the Pertuiera that, um, I mean, first of all, <laughs> when he's on a boat in the beginning, I'm like, why is he not taking the top? Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Um, but I feel like overall, this is the probably the most appreciation I've had for Pertui, just because I, I, I think I realize like everything in this era is going to feel more like a weekly sci-fi television version of james bond with uh bearded lizard monsters and i'm fine with <laughs> yes. that i mean yeah so definitely yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed this uh didn't really feel like yes i'd say the back and forth between um what was this doofus's name walker he's like give me food and also blow up everything oh my gosh that was yes, pretty good. much his directive Yes, um, I, I just I, I could not stand him and the way that he uh, uh, treated um, it, oh, my gosh, oh I, I life. Her, yes, I know her last name. I want to say her first name was Janet. And I can't remember um, her first right name now. was. Where is your name? Jane Blythe. Jane. Thank you. Yes. OK, third officer um, Jane Blythe. That's right. Third officer Jane Blythe. I I will declare the absolute unsung feminist hero of this story <laughs> um, because she is putting up with all this Royal Navy uh, blustering blowhard BS. Yeah. Um, all from the boys. And I'm going for the alliteration record here. Um, and just if you watch her expressions closely, I mean, you can tell. Oh yeah, she is. <laughs> that she is just like ah, more of this crap. In fact, I I had to make a point when um um when Blowhard Walker is going on about blowing stuff up in here. Get me some tea, young lady. <laughs> um um, she just literally has this moment where she just does a full on like puff of the cheeks eye roll, and I'm yeah. like, this needs to be an animated gif. Good stuff. It is now an animated gif. Um, so yes, three cheers for third officer Jane Blythe. Um, also Jane Blythe, uh, played by June Murphy was Mm -hmm. also in, um, Fury from, uh, Fury from the deep. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, that lost episode that we don't really have a lot of. Yeah. Apparently, uh, she was also in that as Maggie Harris. Nice. There you go. Little, little, uh, TARDIS wiki knowledge for you. Maybe someday we will get an animated Jane Blythe. Maybe. In Fury from the Deep. Hey, we'll see. We <laughs> shall see. Um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about the story. I think it, it just starts off, like, quick. Like, we're in it. Mm-hmm. We're in it. It's like, hey, there's stuff's happening. What's happening? Oh, you're dead. Oh, the doctor's traveling somewhere. It's just like there's, like, a whole bunch of good stuff going out right off the bat here. And I assume that I... As I, you know, quote from TARDIS Wikia, I did not actually look at it at the time to see, I guess, the Master has been captured. Or it it appears that he's been captured. Um, but no one is actually 
or I'm at least not sure what's going on with that. I, I think it honestly happens in a previous story um, because the doctor is kind of trapped on earth during his third incarnation. We do get a lot of the master kind of sticking around to cause trouble. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is great. So oh, yeah, no, <laughs> totally, totally worth it. I mean, I personally speaking, I think Delgado is my favorite master, at least of the classic series. Oh, absolutely. I, at least modern day, you can't hold a, a, a match to Missy. No, 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 I agree. Um, no, Del- Delgado is just uh, amazing throughout this, especially when yeah. he's, he's wearing that hat. <laughs> yes. He's wearing like the, the Royal Navy hat. I was name like, is Captain Master to you. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. This is some it, good. It really was good. Some yeah. good stuff. Um, I mean, we talked about the sword fighting. I thought that was great. Um, it just, yeah. And, it, and it's so just ever so slightly over the top and that just makes it all the more delightful yeah um i'd say for me okay i'm i'm kind of going all over the place here but i want to talk about the end some of the ends of these episodes i think yeah where is it i wrote it down i feel like season three the ending i just in episode three yes i absolutely died at the end of episode three, when it's like a close-up of the sea devil's face, and then a close-up of the doctor, and then it's like the end. It was like the funniest yes. thing to me. I don't know why. Yes, um, the, Something about the 70s really liked jump cuts, and just that really quickly pulled focus. Oh, yeah, man. And those quick zooms. Woo. Yes. They loved those. But like... I felt like the end of part four and the end of part five, they, they were both great. It was like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, they were really well done, um, and uh, it was just great. I feel like the end of part four was when um, Joe came up through the... uh, Like the diving bell? Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. I loved that. It's just a cool little... And they were doing some good camera work in here, too. They really were, and and I'll say this. They were also doing a really good job because, I mean, they they shot a lot of stuff on location. Obviously, they had a lot of access to... Like, here's an actual, you know, seagoing vessel. Yes. Okay, well, can we shoot inside? Well, there's not really enough room for the camera, so we're going to rebuild the interior of this thing as a set. Yeah. You know, and and the transitions, even though you could tell it was definitely a set, you know, the lighting's just different. The the camera's not bouncing everywhere. Oh, <laughs> like right, Some of these yes. shots out on the water. Yeah. Um, but... But the fact, you know, you get a really kind of solid transition between, oh, I'm going down these steps. And I was like, oh, I'm coming into these steps on the set. And it just it it's I won't quite call it seamless because you can tell they're two different things. But right. it's really solid. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's some really good stuff. Um, yeah, it was a lot. There was a lot of location, especially on that beach. Yeah. Which I mean, let's just um, whomever were uh, whoever the in- individuals were in those sea devil suits um man bless them they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to come out of the water wearing these things that i assume they could barely see out of yeah it, it let's talk about that just for a second because there's a couple of times now obviously if you if you stop and look at a sea devil outfit long enough you go oh wait a second a person's head is going to be right where this guy's neck yes is so they've obviously got some sort of maybe like a, a mesh 
uh, uh, covering there that you can kind of see through, but you don't really see the face. And then you're wearing the sea devil head like a hat. Yes. Right. So there's a couple of points. I think when it's in, is it episode five where the sea devils have kind of like come on to land and they're invading the base and yes. they're all running around and getting shot at. Um, and, and doing some pretty good death stunts too. I'll yeah. The death scenes for some of these sea devils were awesome. Like they yeah, were just one full flip. Yes. Like the front like, flip. And yeah. then I feel like somebody twirled around. It was crazy. Definitely. And there was one part where a sea devil like came around the side of a building and like came up to like a, a, a wooden set of doors and you get just enough profile that you can very very literally see the outline of the person's face <laughs> in his neck. It's, That's it's like amazing. The sea devil swallowed a person. Oh, jeez, Gross. A little bit, yeah, but you get what I mean. It also almost looked like when they were coming out of the water, like one of them had to like adjust their head oh, a little bit. Like they had to like me. move their neck. Man, I can't, I can't even imagine filming that with yeah, having well, to come out of the water. It makes me think of the uh, the Haymovers from Curse of Fenric. Oh yes, and having to come out of the water in in, in that episode oh, or in yeah. that story. Um, yeah, just that that whole like here we need you to be just out in the ocean for a while. I, I know it's cold, sorry. And then when we give you the cue, I want you to duck under the water and then come walking up out of it. Ugh, yeah, gross. Yeah, all right. Absolutely gross. Um, yeah, but props to those guys. Seriously. Yeah, I mean the the sea devils. Um, I guess from a they seem to be one of the more mobile uh, villains that I've seen. They are. Uh, but I mean, yeah. sometimes, sometimes not. I mean, especially in this era where everything was just big and bulky yeah, for the most part. True. They're like jogging down hallways. <laughs> it's frightening. <laughs> I, it, and you know what? And they've got you know. Um, that that whole costume you know they their feet are like it's almost like wearing big clown shoes yeah so you see them kind of like trying to run or like wearing flippers and trying to run yeah while seeing through this like probably poor mesh you know neck piece i mean it could not have been very easy and then however they were working the motion of the mouth Oh yeah. Oh. When and and we don't even get a sea devil speaking until like episode four, I think. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, they, I mean, they really kind of work a slow reveal. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that uh, you know, they they uh, they could talk. It wasn't their voice wasn't cool though. It was like, oh great, another echoey, whispery thing. I know, kind of ice warrior ish in some Ugh, ways, but their screams. Oh my god, their screams. Yeah, man. The the um I guess crazy the sound effects in this, like pitch modulation or something. They sounded crazy. It was frightening. I really liked yeah, it. It was. Um yeah, so the Sea Devils, they are the uh cousins of the Salarians. Yeah. Which is something we find out. Um and did you also notice so there's that one, there's that one that's on the beach and I think it's episode 3. Um and it's like a completely different color than the other ones. Did you notice that? Oh gosh, that rings a bell. So it's kind of strange cuz some of them look to be completely like a green kind mm -hmm. of thing and then there's like some stills that they the like they're kind of like a watered brownish. down brownish yeah so yeah I, I can't really tell 
if like and then in this screenshot that I'm looking at of them all standing in front of that like little rock towards the end of uh, I think episode five, they're kind of brown. So I, I'm like, did we did we leave them out in the sun for too long and they lost some of the what happened here? <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe there's just more um what, kelp and plankton? Maybe on them when they first come out and then that kind of washes off or I mean, dries it... off. They're they're in the sun. They're in that British sun that they never get. <laughs> and they're getting tan. Yeah. They're getting yeah. They're getting super tan. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I'm kind of just looking at oh, Warriors of the Deep. I'm just I'm I'm now I'm like in the lore. Oh dear. He's he's going down the rabbit hole, folks. I'm in the lore of the of the Sea Devils. Wait, there is a game called Destiny of the Doctors. All right, we're getting out of here. We're backing up. Okay, so yeah, Sea Devils. Um, they're also wearing like these weird mesh things, which was kind of yes. a weird choice. But I guess if you're swimming through water and you need to wear clothes because you're on television, um, I guess that's or, good. You know what? It probably all started. One of the earliest Sea Devils got caught in a net. Uh, and and came back and somebody's like hey i mean yeah that's fashion yeah i mean i don't it almost looks like it's it's made out of like a bubble wrappy material it's so weird it does look it a little bit yeah um but yeah is that dolphin safe sea devil (laughs) i hope so it better be (laughs) um but yes i love their i love their weapons oh they're okay their weapons are pretty interesting and i like them they look like multi-purpose kind of circular devices that can shoot projectiles, but they can also just be used as like a straight up like ray gun kind of thing mm-hmm. that can melt through anything. Apparently, yes. I and I'd like to just say that I love the melty door effects. Yes, the melty door effects uh, looked very good in this. I that really was very impressive for that for that era. Really enjoyed enjoyed those a lot. Um, I mean, there's a couple of different things going on here obviously we have the the rise of the sea devils and they show up in another great uh another great place it's the that fort i think is is what they call it uh yeah with, with um who is in there it's it's um clark and hickman those who, are the two maintenance guys right? yes who i lo- i loved them i was like yeah i love i love the there's something funny about this place share the joke i i've never heard that before <laughs> and i thought that was so clever for some reason i really loved that um but the look of that that fort was really cool i just you could tell that it had been used at some point and clearly oh, clearly was not in use anymore and i did love the use of the um echo effect because it made it you know it made made it feel more abandoned and empty Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that was really clever. I was also very sad when Clark or no Hickman, uh, he just uh, you know he was staring off in the space, which symbolized his death, I guess. Yeah, and uh, and Clark, who's with the chubbier one, right? Yes. Yeah, it just turns into it. My only note for him, unfortunately, is what's with our Nick Frost like character? I'm, I'm going to call him Mumbles. <laughs> Yeah, and then he's just gone, right? Did they save him? Does he die? I can't remember, honestly. Um. Oh gosh. Um. Because he kind of goes catatonic. He goes catatonic. Joe is watching over him. The doctor goes to explore for a bit. Comes back with like 
something in a vial that he injects them with, you know, to kind of like chill them out. He's the one that dubbed them the Sea Devils, and he yeah. was frightened to nearly insanity. Yeah. But, but why, yeah, what happens to him beyond that? I don't remember. I don't remember if they get him. He was rescued. Medical help? Okay. And he was in the sick bay, and that's it. So, oh, I mean, okay. Well, he's still alive somewhere. Good. I guess. Mumbling away. Yeah, mum, mumbling away. Um, But, I mean, our other storyline that we haven't really uh, touched on is the master just living yes. it up in a castle. And, and you will obey me. And you will. Sure, I'll I'll be back. You know, I loved that because it it was like, oh, we we maybe this will be one of those. Uh, I, the doctor goes to the master and says, "Hey, uh, I think the cousins of the Salarians are messing about. Do you want to help me with something?" But it was all a ruse. Yes, which was great. I loved that. I, yeah, the whole ins and outs of like the master's actual intentions. Like when we first find out that he's he's working with the the guy who runs the castle, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh wait, no, no, no. It's it's even more twisted than that. He's he's actually gonna gonna go work with the sea devils in order to just wreak havoc on Earth and all of that. I mean, just just the multiple any any master bit where you get multiple motives for what he's doing is always entertaining. Absolutely. I love a multi-layered master story, which is what we got. Um, yeah. I love that he, uh, <laughs> he is just uh, trying to hypnotize that guy and he's like, all right, I'm going to leave. But then it kind of turns lo- out they're all hypnotized. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, I, the, the look on his face when he's just like, oh, I can't hypnotize Oh, him. yeah. He plays so part. sad played his part very well um yeah can i can i just say real quickly because anytime we are in this castle and and um they're like oh well let's look and see what the master is doing and they go to this bizarre surveillance system that operates on you know venetian blinds yes what is that about i don't know that was very confusing and seemed very not needed it, I think it might have been like, hey, we've got this cool chroma key technology that's new and hip because it's, you know, the swing in 70s. Uh-huh. Um, what can we use it on? Well, let's paint these Venetian blinds and make this look like a fancy uh, security system. Yeah, it was so yeah strange. all right. Sure. So strange. Just I think it's hilarious because and I bring this up because the first time that the doctor shows up there and they're like, oh, let's look in on him. And he makes this joke. Because the master's, you know, basically under house arrest. He's like, oh, it looks like he's putting on weight. Yeah, what is what was that about? Is fat shaming the, the master? Fat shaming not the ma- even he was just, fat. He was just um, sitting there minding his own business. That's right. But it's he's not, you know, at that point in the story, it's like, oh, well, obviously he can't get up and run around and wreak havoc. So that's not keeping him fit. Yeah, and but then, then the next time we see him, he's on a rowing machine. He's on a rowing machine, and he is he, getting exercise, Doctor. What the hell? He puts on a on a a jacket, and then immediately takes it off. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was very funny. That blue jacket. Yeah. Um, but I did love that little scene between between the Doctor and the Master, where I mean, and we get a little background where he's like, "Yeah, I do, I do care about him to a point. We were friends at one point." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that was a really cool um, little thing where she says, oh, or he says, 
you you might say we went to school, and it's like, well, just say you went to school. Yeah. What are these mites for? But yeah, I, I did really like that little scene between the two of them, and I especially loved when they're driving away from the castle, and the doctor looks back at the castle. I really loved that that choice of uh, directing there, where he's mm-hmm. like, he looks back at it, and he's like, I don't know about that. Exactly. Which is just like great stuff. Loved that. Um, let's talk about Joe Grant here because I feel like um she just the teamwork shown throughout this is awesome. I love when um she sees the master and her she's just wide eyed, like mm-hmm. goes very wide eyed. Yes. Um and I love that see, it's kinda weird because the doctor she says, I saw the master, and he steps to action because he knows it's no joke. Because mm-hmm. the master is no joke. But, like, later, later on, and, like, sh- they do the whole, um, like, miming when she's at the window. Oh, and she basically yes. says, in five minutes, make a scene, and I'll get in there. And yep. that was great stuff. I loved that. My, and I, my, my note, Joe Grant, excellent at hand signals. Yes. It was such, like... It was such a good little scene, and then she gets mm-hmm. in there, and then they have to be quiet, and they they get him out, and she even like karate chops a dude, which was awesome. Oh yeah, she knocks down like a pair of guards at one point. I yeah, think. it was great. Joe's Joe's awesome, but then we get this weird, out of place scene, where it's a little like ha ha gag, where Joe the um, I think I know which one you're talking Jane, about. Jane Jane Blythe brings in some food. Yes. And she goes, yeah, she goes to eat it. And the doctor says, now, Joe, this isn't a picnic or something like that. Uh And then uh he proceeds to eat all of it and then offer it to other people in the room. Yes. I thought that was so strange. It was absolutely bizarre. I don't know if if they were going for uh, just like comedy at this point or or just what. But it, it really... It really just seemed so out of place. Yeah, it was just like, uh, what is happening? Yeah, it was just um, very. I just didn't. I just didn't get it. I, I I can only my unless somebody unless somebody really knows the backstory on this particular scene and can enlighten us. I which I would love. Um, but it really strikes me as one of those things that that must have been scripted that way just to be a a, a moment of almost kind of. Uh, Marxian uh, comedy. Yeah, it was like a weird, a weird, yeah, just a weird little gag. And I mean, like, earlier on, after they get the doctor out of that room, they do a nice little gag, the after you gag. I thought that was fun. Yes, yes. So see, that's fun. And that's not, you know, taking food away from someone who is your companion, who you should probably, you know, if they're hungry, you should feed them. Yeah, and and but what you were saying earlier about the the teamwork. I mean, it, Joe and the Doctor are like almost a perfect example of kind of like a classic Doctor companion relationship. Oh yeah. Um, there's that that moment in part two, um, with uh where he's modifying the radio into being a transmitter. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's you know, <clears throat> like he goes to give it. A, a first try mm-hmm. and it doesn't and, and it and it still is receiving 
and they kind of share this look and they both smile at each other. And that was just so yeah. just meaningful. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, I needed to, you know, reverse these wires or whatever it was. And then it worked. And then it blows up. Yes. Which, Which is, is also hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, that was for me, that was like the only very odd thing. The odd, the oddest choice. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 whole sandwich scene is just a little weird, and and maybe it it's just with everything else being so serious at the moment. Yeah, I mean but that could have been. But, it. but maybe that's also it. Is there? It's supposed to be so serious that he doesn't realize what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can get that. And if someone argued that, I'd be like, all right, fair. Yeah. Um, but I feel like doesn't he eat everything and then give it back to her? Much. I don't know. I I guess. Look, pretty much. It's, had it's the... just he, he's so focused. It's it's you know sometimes you like you can snack while watching TV and not realize you've just eaten an entire tube of Pringles. Yeah, that's going to happen to me at least six times this weekend. Yes. There you go. See, perfect example. Right. What is your favorite flavor of Pringle, though? Oh, um, I kind. You know why? I'm partial to like a dark horse candidate, which would be um. The pizza flavored ones. I I almost swore because I was thinking that. I was thinking, like, just watch. He's going to say, like, pizza or something. <laughs> Do you That's not like the pizza crazy. ones? No? No, I like. I love the pizza one just fine. <laughs> it's just as soon as you said Dark Horse Kid, I'm like, oh, just watch. It's going to be, like, pizza or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. And it is. Things, yeah, pizza. There you go. Wow. Nice. Um, You were talking about the exploding... Uh, the thing that he used to contact the helicopter. Yes. Well, if I say so myself, that's a remarkably efficient piece of work. Explodes. Poof. Sad. Yep. Just as <laughs> he's like, oh, shucks. <laughs> that was great. Was it, was it weird to you to see those two people on the submarine just wearing a shirt and tie? It seemed Thank weird, you. right? It, it, it did. It did. We've we've got we've got this very rather you know young crew on this uh, sub. Oh um, yeah, and um, actually staying remarkably calm yes. when interacting with a sea devil. Um, and and I'm just I'm head cannoning that this is actually a young, a very young Jean Luc Picard because he keeps referring to number one as number one. <laughs> Uh, so that's just where I'm going with it. Um, but yes, seeing them, I, I get it. It's close quarters in a submarine. It's probably pretty darn warm in there yeah. at times. Um, I'm fine with you not wearing your jacket all the time, you know, but there's no other indication of rank. Yeah. So they, they all start to kind of, without really paying attention to like, you know, oh, oh, that's that's the captain. This is the other guy. And uh, um, um, there's the professor and Mary. Oh, wait, no, wrong boat. Um <laughs> Sorry, Marianne. Let's just focus <laughs> on Marianne for a little while. Okay. Um, um, yeah, it is a little weird um, just seeing them in suits and not in something more like, you know, we're the Royal Navy kind of thing. Um, but yes, that was odd. Yeah, very, very odd. We need to talk about all of the bonkers things that happened in this. Mainly, I mean, yes, there was... Uh, a sword fighting scene between the master and the doctor. Yep. That was super cool. 
which saw, I mean, it probably wasn't Delgado, but I'm just going to assume it was him taking a dive, a backwards dive over a table. Oh, yeah. Which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he get behind him? I thought that uh, was weird. I mean, I don't, that's not my question, but. Something tummy wimey. I don't know. I guess. Um, what else did we see? Um, we saw, <laughs> we saw a sea devil um, almost get exploded by various um, landmines via Sonic Sonic Screwdriver, which was super cool as well. And he also, um, I don't know why he would, I mean, he rolled through (laughs) the barbed wire and was completely fine. Yes. Holy moly. That looked like, I mean, unless for some reason there is like prop barbed wire somewhere that yeah. looks very authentic. That literally looks like he just threw himself. Now I, I get it. You know, velvet coat cape. It's probably pretty thick, but at the same time to just throw yourself backward it, onto barbed wire, it was, hold it down. I was like, oh no. And then he just was like, well, I'm fine now. I went, what is happening? It was crazy. It, it was, was nuts. Really, and then, and then the the sea devil that comes running up behind them. Yeah, he just goes um, through and, it too. And basically, yeah, kind of gets through, but also kind of gets caught on it. I'm like, I'm sorry if I was acting, and they're like, "Well, we want you to run up to this barbed wire and be like, mm, I'm going to be really ginger. <laughs> you know, we're going to get around it really gingerly. Run over this barbed wire and stand still because things will be exploding around you. Right? <laughs> exactly. I really enjoyed the the use of the explosive mines with the Sonic. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. But I think the coolest thing that we saw in this entire serial was the jet ski chase. Ah, uh, I figured you were going to say that it was either that or the doorless, roofless Citroen. Oh, yes. You know, I didn't put a note for that. Um, that car looks super cool. And I sent a picture of it to Taylor. I said, what is this? Yeah. What kind of car is this, Taylor? Yes. Because I'm the gearhead. Yeah. Because um, I have a note for it. And and I was like, I love this doorless Citroen, and then I, and I finally saw the front of it, and I recognized the badging, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Citroen. <laughs> um, can I just say one? Yeah, it, it really is kind of funky. Let's take basically, I don't know if it was a, I don't think it was a two CV, but it, I, and if somebody knows exactly what kind of Citroen, please let me know. Um, but they took the front and back doors off. Yes. Um, they took, I think, even the rear hatch off, um, and <laughs> then the the sunroof completely off they basically stripped this car as much as you you remotely can i almost said safely can but it's not safe this would be horrible in a wreck and why would you take the roof off you're in england it rains i almost wonder if it was just a car and i agree 100 percent. i almost wonder if it was just a car that was for use for the base so you're not like oh, i'm sure it was yeah you're not like tooling around going crazy but also you can't be bothered with doors because who knows when you have to all file out of the car. But why, but why would you have that when you have Land Rovers? I don't know. And hovercrafts. And hovercrafts. Yeah. Those hovercrafts were amazing. Dude, those, were the best. those things were huge. They are huge. I'm like, do they sell hovercrafts for like recreational use? Because I want one. Um. Yes. It's crazy. Um, but this was obviously this is like the the military personnel carrier version. I want that. It was gigantic. Yeah, my brother had a, a remote control hovercraft when he was a kid. They're so cool. They're very cool. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, but the jet ski, the jet yes. ski race or the chase, it was a race, yes. but it was also a chase. I when the, when they were on them, I went, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in Doctor Who ever. We've we've gone from the sea devils to the sea doos. The sea doos. It was yeah. fun. I really liked it. I was like this is just fun for some reason. And I love that they both just get up on the shore and the doctor's like, ah, I got you. But it's too late, apparently. Yeah. Um, but not when you uh, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. That's <laughs> It's never too late when you do that. I, I love I love that thing that the master built. Um, that just that strikes me as one of those things that would be just a really neat like uh, alarm you know, clock. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there's an idea. Yeah. I was just thinking one of those like, you know, let's let's build a prop just to build a prop. Yes. Like that would be a fun one to make. I just, it's just neat looking. And it looked like a home like a, a one of those um raspberry computers but with a with like a satellite on it for some reason. Yes. Like a homemade yes. computer. Right. It was very cool looking. Yeah. But, um, definitely. Very uh it was you could make some modifications to it apparently with ease. Yes. Um Oh jeez. We have to talk. So Everything gets all explodey. Um, there's some injuries, and we we cart the master back, and it turns out it wasn't him. Uh, it was someone wearing a mask. Oh yes, at the end, which it was is fantastic, absolutely amazing. And then the uh, the doctor turns around to see the master in the uh, the that sweet sweet hovercraft. And he just waves at him and drives away. Yep. And that's that how it ends. Definitely the best master escape ever. Oh, man. I mean, and the, yeah, and the coolest, because now he's got a hovercraft. <laughs> right. Now he's got a hovercraft. Um, trying to think if I have any any other notes that... Um, do I have any more miscellaneous notes? Um, let me look at mine. do, 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 do. do. I mean the the men who cannot be hypnotized scene was great. My men yeah. cannot be hypnotized. I thought that was that was and then the the twist on that was even better because it was indeed not true. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything else. I think the only thing uh that I would have for you is the uh the behind the couch scale here. Yeah, I I honestly I don't really think the kids would be scared by it. Um, I don't think there's anything that is, that is like truly terrifying. Right. I mean, besides um, the music, yes. Well, the, the music. Yeah. That, that I think they'd get pretty thrown off by that. They'd be like, what is this dad? <laughs> um, but I think they'd get a bit impatient. Okay. Yeah. I could see um, that. I, I, I think if for some reason, like you could somehow condense the sea devils down to like the last three episodes, episode four five and six, mm-hmm. they'd be like, Oh yeah, look at this action. Look at this running around. They want to blow stuff up. Look at that hovercraft. Look at the sword fight. Look at the jet ski chase. You know? Yeah. They'd be a little bit more into it. There's there's you know, there's this slow burn for like the first three episodes before you really properly get the sea devils revealed. Um, yeah. that they're just between that and the music, they're just gonna be like, um, dad, I'm I'm gonna go play Legos, okay? Let me let me know when it gets exciting. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna go outside. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. And and I I think we we both would recommend watching this. Um, definitely. Yeah. I, just be prepared for the music. 
yes. just understand that this is that that aspect of the story is going to be really weird. But beyond that, the story is really really solid. Yeah, it's a very uh, solid story, and I think if the if the Sea Devils um, show up later, I wouldn't mind uh, revisiting them. Yeah, for sure. Do they show up again? Um, I mean, I don't recall. I see Warriors of the Deep. I don't know. It's the Fifth Doctor. Okay, so it could be. It it has um the Salarians and the Sea Devils. Oh, okay. So um that could be interesting. Yeah, for sure. So maybe we will we will look into that in a later date. But Taylor, you want to tell the fine folks what we will be watching next time? Yeah, for sure. After you know hearing John mention that you know what we really haven't done a lot of Ninth Doctor stuff. Yeah. Um, we are giving you a twofer next time. We're doing the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. Yes. Um, starring Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor and Billy Piper as Rose. Oh, and um, I guess featuring um, Captain Jack Hart. That's true. Yes, and introducing uh, John Barrowman as Captain Jack. Yeah, uh, written That's by right. Stephen Moffat and directed by James Hawes. Awesome. This should yeah. be fun. Um when you said, or, do you want to do a two-parter, I was like, sure, expecting like a sixth or seventh Doctor. And I went, oh, no. oh, it's Eccleson. All right, great. No, doing some nine. Well, we're almost done. No, we've only done. And he was our least covered Doctor, I think, too. So this will yeah. knock him back up there a little bit. So um, until then, you guys can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Blue Box UFO. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. And uh, also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the NOTLG. Uh, head on over to NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Buy one of our Podcastica shirts. Buy, uh, there's probably a mug. I don't know. I just recently found my Podcastica shirt. Did I tell you that? Nice. No, it's it's been uh, MIA for a while, but it's washed and it's upstairs now. Uh, uh, as you know, I've had a lot of time on my hands, so everything has been washed. Good laundry is important. It is very important, and another thing that's very important: Patreon.com/slash/notlg. Uh, if you would like to support us monetarily, we would appreciate that. And check out the Y axes; uh, they've done our music for. This podcast and many others, um, they have been kind to us. So let's return the favor. Twitter.com slash the Y axes. Facebook.com slash the Y axes. The Y axes.bandcamp.com. And they, like us, are also on Spotify. And I think that will do it for episode 153. So we will see you guys for 154 going back to back ninth doctor stories. The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. We will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit notlg.com.